Welcome to the Business of Being Healthy, where we are passionate about treating our health as good as we treat our wealth. Shelly Bryan here, and I am obsessed with sharing real life experiences and wisdom to help save you time, heartache, and money as you continue to grow personally and professionally. Twice a week, we push aside that BS to take massive intentional action. And I promise by tuning in, you will receive the straightforward talk you've been waiting for, filled with actionable steps that will inspire you to achieve the health and wealth you desire while you are building your empire. Welcome back to another episode of the Business of Being Healthy. My name is Shelly Bryan. I'm your host. And Today's guests are two women that have truly inspired me, and I feel like I've barely gotten to know them, but I'm so excited to be able to share their wisdom with all of you today, because as we were just preparing to to go live right now to, to record, what they have been able to accomplish is ridiculous. And I feel like it's evolving so much more right now that they're in the thick of it with us right now. And the knowledge, the wisdom, the chuckles, right? We have so much to share. So first off, we have Coley Arnold as well as Lindsay Holt. I am so excited to have both of you guys today. You might know these two names from Junk in the Trunk, which is a huge market here in Arizona, as well as The Foundress. And both of these businesses have evolved from I think like ideas into full conceptual and huge teams and huge communities. So Lindsay and Coley, thank you so much for joining today. Thanks Thanks for having having us. us. Yeah, absolutely. So today, ladies, I want to talk about all things and um, because you guys have a lot of experience to share. And I remember hearing at a founders meeting, um, maybe last year, the, the beginning of last year, where you shared about the the junk in the trunk, how it got created. I'd love for you to share maybe two things. And and Lindsay, I'll put it to you first, like how you two met. And then <laughs> Coley, if you would kind of share evolution of junk in the trunk. Sure. Yeah. So Coley and I actually met at a young marrieds class at Scottsdale Bible Church. Um, Coley had just had her first Mm -hmm. child. Mm -hmm. And I was pregnant with my first child. Um, And somehow we both ended up on the leadership team of that class. So we became very (laughs) close. Not smart. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that leadership has always been in us. We just didn't always (laughs) know it was there. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that's where we met. Um, We bonded over a a love for vintage um, and antiques. Uh, Coley had grown up garage sailing and antiquing with her parents. I had done the same with my mom. My mom had a booth in a antique mall in um, Washington. So we both had that background and that love for vintage. Um, and we're trying to find a place where, you know, we could share that love together here and get away from our children. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's, that's the honest truth. Let's, <laughs> let's be honest. Let's be honest. Break. And I want to jump in here really quick and just let our listeners know. I mean, Lindsay, you have three kids. Coley, you have four kids. So, yep. I mean, what they're about to share today is also going alongside creating families. So it's it's incredible. I love that you guys met at Scottsdale Bible. Side note, I lived right behind there. I grew oh, up wow. there. Oh, fun. Literally. Like so that cool. is 
funny side note when we, so we went on a trip with our husbands and we were brainstorming this idea of this market. And, um, we, my husband had a shirt called, and it said junk in the trunk, which he got at the, at the church, like gift exchange, like as a joke but it was his favorite shirt he wore all the time. So we were like, it's a perfect name for like a market. It said junk in the trunk. And it was the picture of a car, the back of a car with the trunk open. And she was like leaning over it. So it was, so like, it was very hilarious in a for our like <laughs> class at church because yes. it was a gift exchange there. But yes, but he loved it. He wore it all the time. He loved it. He was like, you need a name at junk in the trunk. And we were trying to have our our first market at Scottsdale Bible. And we were like, oh, we could never name it Junk and Chunk. Like that's so inappropriate. And fast forward later, like we ended up obviously naming it that. And years later, Scottsdale Bible asked us to come do markets with them. So full circle, it worked out. <laughs> but it was just a funny like origin story of the name. <laughs> Those are always the best. But, I mean, right? That is truly, there are so many names out there of businesses and, and different ideas that come from that. But yeah. That one's pretty darn good. Right? We know how to get people's attention. <laughs> well, I think that's what he said when he was like, everyone's going to stop and want to know what junk in the trunk is because it's a little risque and yet like doesn't really tell you what it is. So yeah, we were like, okay, perfect. Well, and it's worked, but Coley, share how it, how kind of it evolved because it started in your neighborhood, right? Well, actually, thankfully, it wasn't our neighborhood, thankfully. Um, okay. We had a friend who was a big sucker. We suckered her into it. And um, we were like, hey, we're just putting this really small thing together. It's like a few people. Can we use your backyard? And she is in Scottsdale, has horse property. And she's like, sure, no problem. Like, I love vintage stuff. Which now is actually my neighborhood. Yes. <laughs> I actually live in that neighborhood now, but did not at the time. <laughs> so we had this idea. We kind of threw it together. And it was a bunch of people we met either through church or um, Lindsay had connections through Etsy for their like like local community that she had built up. She was making Bardwood signs. I was painting furniture. Um, Craigslist. And income. selling on Craigslist. Craigslist yeah. people. And we promised her, we're like, it's going to be small, little kind of a garage sale. It's kind of what we like sold it to her as. And one of our vendors had a connection with the newspaper back when people read the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> and they put an ad in the newspaper fast forward that day that, that we had, like, ages, like we've been I around know, too long so old, right? <laughs> um, and we had about 20 vendors that were friends of ours selling their items in the in the backyard and we had 600 people show up the cops came because there was miles of cars down the road and they're like what what are you doing and we're like i don't know we've Having a little I don't know. These people just showed up. Right? We didn't know that it was going to be this big. And so they were cool and kind and kind of let us go. But they're like, don't ever do this again. <laughs> um, and my my brother, we hired to like just stand there at the like front just to make sure like people, if people needed help with their stuff in the car. But he ended up being security. We had a central checkout. I was dancing. I was j- pregnant. I know you were pregnant. I was pregnant. You were pregnant. I was due in like a month. Yes. You yeah. were running around like hustling, trying to get the, the, people checked out. I'm dancing for people in line, like trying to distract them so they don't leave because the line was so long to check out. I mean, it was everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. However, at the end of the day, we sold $15,000 of the stuff in four hours. And, and everyone was like, when's the next one? Right, Where can I like, come find you again? Knocking on our doors. We had listed our phone numbers on our Facebook page, which was really stupid. Don't ever do that. <laughs> 
And so people were calling and texting like, when's the next one? Where is it? We were like, I don't know. So we immediately kind of, our husbands were like, hey, you just started a business, which was not the plan. It was supposed to be like a, a fun thing for us to do on the side. And um, then we kind of with wide eyes, like walked into going, okay, we just started a business. What does that mean? What does that look like? Neither of us graduated college. We don't have business degrees. So we had no idea what we were doing. We had a passion and we solved the problem. There was something missing in the marketplace. And we found that out really quickly when all the people showed up. And then it was, um, we felt like we chased our business. I think for the first couple of years of it was growing so rapidly and we were like, oh my gosh, trying to figure it out. So I think it took us three years to really feel like we were in control of our business again uh, and kind of figured out what we were doing. <laughs> it's it's incredible. But what I love about this um, and just hearing the story, and I know that we're going to hear some more here, is that it it just went into like problem solving, like, right? Like you're like, okay, we're growing. We obviously found a need. We're filling that need. Now what? And so the fact that you were just started problem solving, I mean, that's entrepreneurship, business ownership, period, right? So um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that, but jump forward if you would. I mean, because you went three years and then now explain how big, I, I already have it on my calendar, just so you know. <laughs> like it's on my calendar in April in at Westworld in Scottsdale the 21st through the 23rd, right? You got it. (laughs) I told you it's in my calendar. So (laughs) tell me or share with our audience exactly how big this has gotten. Yeah, I think uh, from the very beginning, I, again, we didn't know we were starting a business, but we didn't have like this grand vision for where we were going or what we were doing. I think even like Holly mentioned, like those first three years, we were like, we'll roll it out again and we'll show up and we'll find, you know, we moved, we moved from there to the parking lot at Westworld and we were like, okay, you know, we'll show up in the parking lot and we'll do another market and we'll see how this one goes and hope people show up. Our husbands were sleeping in the truck (laughs) at Westworld. They were like overnight security because everyone, like the first time we set up, we had 50 people set up in a parking lot. And then we were like, oh, we can't leave their stuff here. (laughs) Like, you know, like we were really problem solving as we went because yeah. we had no idea what we were doing. So our husband, well, my husband slept. Your husband wandered yeah. around. <laughs> it was stressful. It was like, Life oh my God. Stressing. Yeah. Especially at Westworld in that wind tunnel down there. He was all paranoid, but about all the, everything falling over. But um, I mean, I, I forgot where we were. Sorry, going, I interrupted but, you. But so we started in the parking lot at Westworld. Um, and then again, by random chance of rain that was going to destroy the market, I think two later, we ended up in the tent at Westworld. So then we were in the tent a couple of times because that was great. That seemed way better than in the hot Arizona sun on the black asphalt. So, <laughs> you know, again, slowly adapting as um, the market grew and each each time we put on the event, uh, we had more vendors and more people showed up um, each time to shop. And then Westworld opened the North Hall up at, um, up there. And so I think we moved in there in 2014. Um, and I, I want to say one of, it was a couple later, I guess. Maybe it was two years after that, a year after that. 15. In 2015, we had our biggest market ever. Um, 
the line was all the way from the North Hall all the way down, like I know you know Westworld, but all the way down to like the polo field. It was crazy. Was like I mean, miles. that's like a half mile. Yeah. The freeway got like shut down because there was yeah. so many cars trying to exit off the. It was insane. It was crazy. <laughs> we call it the corn market because it was like we were all stressing, <laughs> but um, we I think we had twenty three thousand people that weekend shopping in two days at Westworld, um, and so again. After that, you have to adapt again and try to figure out, okay, well, how can we make this a better experience for everyone? We had Westworld and the city coming after us to be like, hey, that's not going to work again. You better figure out something else. Um, But I feel like how we have operated our business from the very beginning is always fly by the seat of our pants, but like also like being able to adapt in the moment. Yeah, adaptable. Uh, And I feel like that has been benefited us greatly and why we have been successful because we've been able to adapt in the moment. Well, and I think we got a ton of complaints because it was long lines and it was hot and people couldn't get in. And so from there, we took what I think most people would have been like, okay, we're done. Like that was a nightmare. Everyone hates this, which wasn't the reality, but that's what we were hearing. And we created our Friday night shopping. So we gave, we created a space where we can kind of spread out the people, kind of create another opportunity for people to shop. It was a higher ticket price. It was a better experience because it was a smaller crowd. And it ended up being our, our favorite part of our market. We love Friday night. Our customers love Friday night. It gives that elevated experience. And so out of a pain point, a frustration, when you persevere and you keep going, you can adapt and you create beautiful things. And again, we created one of our favorite things in the market out of that stressful situation that I think a lot of people would have just given up or just been frustrated and been like, this doesn't work. Um, and so I think just kind of persevering and, and adapting is so important. We've been in business for 12 years and we've had to do that probably every year, right? <laughs> I think every market. Adapt and change. And um, not to mention the pandemic, obviously when you run events and the world shuts down, <laughs> Um, that doesn't go well. So we quickly changed to, we did an online market for a while, which was great. We did um, small pop-ups in um, at Scottsdale Quarter, which is the number one um, shopping center here in Arizona. And um, that was incredible. So we were able to still find ways for our shoppers to connect with our vendors. It looked very different from our business model, but um, I think you know, you look at musicians and you're like, how do these people last for 30, 40, 50 years? And it's because they can adapt. So I think as entrepreneurs, I think it's so important that if you're able to kind of keep an open mind. And I think a lot of times, at least, at least I can speak more for myself, when you create something the way you want it to be created and you're like, this is it, this is, this is our baby, you know, this is the way we want it to be. And things change. If you're not willing to give that up and there's a little pride that goes with it, right? Because you're like, oh, well, my idea maybe didn't work or we need to shift it. Or but if you can keep that open mind, that's where the longevity and perseverance comes through. I absolutely love that. And and I want to just share something a little bit with our listeners, just to talk about the grand scheme of, of Westworld of where it is and how big this market is. And then I want to talk to a couple of your points is the Barrett Jackson yes. car auction just finished up at Westworld in Scottsdale. These are multi-million dollar cars. This brings a ton of people to the area. 
junk in the trunk is on the same level, like this amount of quantity of people mm-hmm. coming to an event. So the fact that you are playing in the same field as events like that is ridiculous. Right. And so I absolutely just want to congratulate you on what you've been able to create. And I encourage everybody to come that's tuning in. We have listeners across the country, but um, if you're in Arizona, it's a great time to come. Have people that, fly out, make it a girl's yeah. trip. Yeah. I was like, heck yeah, especially with that Friday night shopping thing. Right? But one thing I wanted to, to ask you about, because I think you're spot on, both of you, in sharing, like, it's sometimes hard getting that feedback, right? It's sometimes hard. And I can imagine 23,000 people, <laughs> maybe predominantly women, I'm just going to say, <laughs> might have something to say if it's not perfect. Not that I would know anything about this, but <laughs> I'm just saying, how did you take that? Because you got it's like each year you're evolving on the spot, but then for the next year. So what maybe advice would you give to someone that launches something and then gets some negative feedback? Because that can really hurt your ego. It can hurt. It's like someone's calling your baby ugly and you're like, what? like, <laughs> Right. So like, how did you handle that transition? Lindsay, do you want to speak to that? Yeah, I think, well, here's the, the reality is the, you're always going to hear the negative feedback. Very rarely are the people who had a great experience. They're not the ones that are going to leave you a Yelp review or going to send you an email. Like the ones you hear from are always going to be the negative ones. Mm -hmm. With that being said, obviously, after that market, we had tons of complaints um, from everything from, you know, they had to walk a mile, it was hot, it was, you know, like anything you can possibly think of. Um, But I think the biggest thing is just not taking it personal. Like, for us, again, it's us being able to be flexible, being able to take that criticism and like, okay, I see this, I, I see why they were complaining. And then Again, without any emotion to it, how can we then make changes to make it a better experience for them? Uh, with the markets for us, I feel like we're, we always were like, okay, how, what would we want when we walked through the door? What would, how would we want that experience to go? What, you know, what do we want to feel when we walk through the door? What would you know, benefit us if it was also at the market? Um, and I think that has helped us greatly in planning events, um, just to be able to plan a better experience for everyone who comes through that door. Mm -hmm. Um, but being flexible and not taking it personal are the, I would say the biggest. And I think that especially with this market, the biggest complaints we got were things that weren't in our control. And so as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, I think a lot of times it's, it's easy to be like, well, that wasn't our fault too bad, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we could have easily done that because Westworld hires the parking people. They were in control of that. Like, so most of the things that went wrong, that not wrong, it was the biggest market we ever had. Most people would go, wow, that's a success. But obviously internally it created chaos, but all those things were not directly things that we caused happening. Right. And so it would have been easy for us to go, well, the, those weren't our fault. Sorry. And, too and bad. not to say that we did it perfectly because I feel not. like at that time, yeah, it, it's a lot easier now looking back. But at that time, I feel like it, we took it very personal. Oh, we <laughs> for sure did. But I also think that what we what we realized in that moment was it doesn't matter whose fault it was, right? That we are the company that 
everything boils down to. So when they are frustrated that the freeway is backed up, is that my fault? No. If they're frustrated with parking, is that my fault? No, I didn't hire these people. Um, however, it's all part of the experience, right? And so we took it on ourselves to go, okay, these things aren't working. We have no control over these, but what do we have control over and how do we make that those changes? Mm-hmm. Um, and like Lindsay said, it was emotional for us at that moment. The older we've gotten, the longer we've been in business. Like I said, it's been 12 years now. It's easier to step back and go, okay, there's no emotion in it. This is not, they don't hate us, right? They're just frustrated with the experience that they had. Um, so how do we, how do we change that? How do we evolve? How do we fix those, those kinks? Um, and I think if, if, if you look at big corporations, we've talked about this at the founders before mm-hmm. they're in a boardroom, they don't care. They don't care if you don't like their soap, right. Or their cereal, they care if you're not buying it. Cause that's funny. And on the bottom line, so it's like, how do we get Sally to buy it again? Like, I don't, I'm not offended that she's not buying it, but how do we get her back? You know, and those, that's how they're having those conversations. And I think as small business owners, it's so hard because every sale every experience, every like part of the business, every stage of the business is personal because it is an, a reflection of who you are. Um, and so just having that mindset, mind shift, I think of let's think more like a corporation in here, take the emotion out of it and solve some problems. It'll be easier. I, <laughs> I mean, that, that alone right now is listeners right now, that alone is worth your time. So I'm glad you tuned in and we're just getting started, right? We have more to talk about, but I love that as far as like not taking it personal, being flexible and taking that kind of bigger approach to looking at it rather than like not, it's that personal side, right? Cause to your point, it's not like corporation, like they, they're just trying to, they're not going to get hurt that Sally didn't buy the cereal. They're just like, how do we make more Sally's buy the cereal? You know, and so it's like that bigger picture look. And so if you're just starting out a business right now, or you're in that period of exponential growth, like Lindsay and Coley were, right, where it can feel personal, make sure you take that step back. I mean, your testimony right there was just so great. And so with that, you've also opened up your first physical location, right? (laughs) So I'm sure this opened up some new cans of worms, right? To to be able to do. (laughs) So um, if you would, Coley, maybe just real quick, share um, the vintage and kind of its evolution. And it is the coolest place, you guys. But go ahead. Please share, Coley. Um, Yeah. So during our years at Junk in the Trunk, we've always gotten emails in between markets. We do two a year here. We used to do a few in California as well. After the pandemic, we kind of stayed closer to home. Um, But one of the biggest questions we have is how do I find you in between the markets? Like I, I want to continue this experience, um, connect with other vendors. How do I do that? And so we've always kind of said like, we want a place that's ours that we can go, okay, after this market, come check this place out. It's a mini version of that big experience. Um, and so we had, had been looking for about four years. We found a place. I actually live down the street. So it's my favorite location. Um, (laughs) That we opened up, um, we found a building that had been abandoned, um, did a full remodel, got, we kept, I think, two walls, a ceiling and floors added on. And actually, the first time we went in, we actually could only be in the room for like five minutes because there was mold like hanging from the ceiling. It was so bad. It had been abandoned for like 15 years. So we were walking through like this, you know, with our mouths covered and, but we immediately saw the vision, like. Most people, I think, would have been like you guys. Well, people did say they did. you guys are crazy. I think our, I think our <laughs> were like that. That's the building you want to buy. That's it. Like, what are you thinking? Um, 
which I don't blame them for. It was, it was really nasty. Um, but we saw the vision immediately. We knew that this could be something special. And um, one of the themes that kind of run through, we have three very bus- different businesses. We have a vintage market. We have a brick and mortar shop, restaurant, event space. And we have a female entrepreneur networking group. So I think most people from the outside would be like, what the hell? You are all over the place, people. But one of the things that keeps kind of that steady connection between all of them is community. And we love building community. And so this is a place, the Vintage Arcadia, we're actually here in our event space right now. But um, this is a place where the neighborhood can come, the community can come. We selfishly created it for say. ourselves. We wanted something that we could go. Red is us yeah. and finding community wherever we were at. <laughs> yeah. And like as busy moms, like we are like, I want a place where I could go in my neighborhood, grab coffee, grab a bite to eat, get a gift for someone that I love, you know, connect with someone across the table with someone, throw an event. We threw events all the time at Jungle Chunk and we'd have to sit at restaurants like and we'd be like, oh, there's just a few of us. And there'd be like 50 people coming. And they're like, uh, ladies, we're like, sorry. But we couldn't <laughs> afford when we started our business to like rent out a space. So we knew we wanted an affordable space where people could gather. Um, so unfortunately, we opened February of 2020. So Perfect timing. Perfect, Perfect timing. Perfect timing. We, you know, I can I tell you, Lindsay's husband is also partners with us in this. And he had a spreadsheet of every single possible scenario that could go wrong. And a global pandemic was not on it. So we had brainstormed like- He's what fired. And what if this happens, right? We're like, you didn't you didn't think about that? Come on. Um, now, so, now, however, that's in all the That places. is in all the <laughs> We are set. Um, but we opened the space for community and gathering six weeks before um, the world shut down. And so- is very important timing. We saw this amazing, we had this amazing launch. We had so much support and then everything shut down. Thankfully, again, we persevered. We threw stuff online. We had pickup times. We, you know, it was probably the hardest between building this place and then opening and the pandemic was probably the hardest time in our lives. Um, just stress knowing that we now have this like income. Like, yeah, like physical place that we now are responsible for every month, which is not cheap. Um, it was terrifying, but our community really supported us, backed us. Um, we pivoted again through some stuff online, did classes, did calls, did everything we, we could think of. Um, and thankfully now we're thriving and back here, but yeah, it's been a journey. Nothing, nothing is easy. I will say that. <laughs> but nothing is easy. However, I'll ask this question to you, Lindsay. Do you think you could have come back this fast with the vintage without the experience that you already navigated from junk in the trunk? No, definitely not. I mean, again, just even the scenario we were talking about earlier with the markets. I mean, again, I think the biggest thing we've learned through everything is <laughs> there there is a way to keep going. You have to just be able to pivot and try something new. I mean, I think for us, the biggest thing we continue to learn is like, just because there's like a roadblock there doesn't mean it's the end of the road. Like there's definitely another way around it. So you just have to get creative and figure out another way forward. And I think that's what we've done with all of our businesses, but also not being afraid of failure. Mm -hmm. I feel like 
We've also thrown out several other businesses along the way because, again, we're creative people and that's how we operate. Yep. Um, In 2021, we started a business and closed it the same year. And it was the most freeing thing we've ever done. (laughs) But But all that knowledge. Yeah. I mean, again, we learned so much through the process. um, And I wouldn't change any of that um, because we, we wouldn't know what we know now if we didn't go through it. So, but also just not not being afraid to say, no, Hey, this isn't working. Like this is not, this is taking away time from other things. Like, so it's okay to say no to that and to move forward with the other things. I love that. I just recorded another episode, um, with Felicia Romero. She's here in Arizona too. And we were talking about pivoting. And so I'm going to actually do a whole separate episode on that one because (laughs) it's a common theme that just keeps showing up and I'm in a season of pivot too. So I'm like, I, I did it something on the story and like all these people are like, yep, in a season of pivot. I'm like, all right, here we are 2023. Let's do it. But yeah, yeah. what we can all lean on is that previous experience to help us navigate that pivot in such a more successful way with courage, right? Because maybe we failed and, and we survived and like we're able to move on. But we also have all that wisdom and knowledge and community. And that's where I really want to go next is with both of you guys is the foundress. Um, and that is originally how I found both of you. It is a community that I am so honored to be a part of and love the women in it. In it. And I'm going to say this before I want you guys to say, I was, right, talking about learning. I was one of those women that was like, I'm scared of other women. I, I, I don't want to be by them. I feel like I have to be fake and I feel like they're fake and it's not genuine. And this is the founders. What you guys have created is such a safe place for growth. And so many other women are in just seasons of growth, whether it's in the beginning or they have like multi-year, very successful businesses, like both of you guys, the leaders, like it's just so great. So if you would, Coley, maybe start us off with the founders, how it evolved and, yeah. and came about. Yeah, absolutely. So the whole time when we had started Junk and Chunk, we kept saying, gosh, I wish there was someone like a group of women that we could talk to that's been through this. Cause like I said, neither of us had business degrees. We had no idea what we were doing. I think most entrepreneurs can relate. It's like, no matter how prepared you think you are, when you are going into your business, there's, you become the accountant, you become the marketer, you become the ditch digger. Like you become every <laughs> single part of that business. And none of us are trained for all of that. Right. So it doesn't matter what training you actually have, which we had none. Um, <laughs> except for the hard knocks of life, I think. Um, and being moms, right? right. I'm going to well, say right. that. Like, okay. We're moms. Yes. We could adapt easily. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we yes. were hard workers. Yes. That's, yep. There you go. Moms, we could just push through. But um, we kept saying, gosh, I really wish that there was this community. And, and back then, I know it's hard to believe because I think so many have come out of like the pandemic years, which is great. Um, I love seeing all these communities pop up. But back then when, when we were starting, there was nothing. There was no support for women. We went to all sorts of business networking. It was predominantly men, which we love men. There's nothing wrong with men. They just didn't understand us. We, they were bankers, they were real estate agents, they were accountants. And we walked in the room and they're like, what the hell, who are you you and what do you do? I don't understand. Um, No, they would say like, oh, you're selling tube socks in a parking lot, like flea market. Like, no, this is not a flea market, but no one knew what we were doing. Yeah. had no idea. And so um, there was just this like 
longing for community of other females that are either walking through the same thing we are at the same time so we can commiserate, right? Or had been three steps ahead of us to go, hey, I tried that. This didn't work. This did work. Try this. You got this. Just encourage, you know, someone like who's got your back. Um, We thankfully had some women in our lives who kind of throughout the process kind of said that individually, um, but there was no, there was not a community for sure. And so we said, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish for seven years. And finally it was like, okay, we either got to do this or we got to stop saying, I wish, because we're done hearing about it. So about four years ago now, yeah, right. Almost. Yeah. Um, we started the foundress again, had no idea what we were doing. We just created a community that we wished we had, and it was a hole in the market, but honestly, we were completely selfish with it and created what we needed and we wanted. We didn't really do market research. We didn't really think about anyone else except for how do we get the, how do we give other people the support that we wished we had while also getting the support for us in this next stage. Um, and that's what I love about the founders. There's not a requirement for how many time, years you've been in business. There's not an income requirement. It is a group of women who you're sitting next to someone, which I love. This is my favorite part is being in business for 12 years. Sometimes you get a little burned out. You get tired. Um, you've been spinning the wheels for a long time. Thankfully, we've spun the wheels with five different businesses. So it's kept it exciting. But um, you know, when you're in this business for a long time, it can get tired. And so my favorite part is watching women or sitting next to them at the table who are just starting their business. And they're so excited and they're so passionate and they're hungry. And we leave being like, Oh yes, that's why we did this, you know, to start. Like that's why we started this. And so it kind of gives you that like excitement back. And then for women who are just starting out, it's this place where there's women who have been there, who've done it, who've gone through the journey and can sit next to them and go, Hey, you've got this. Try this, try this, try this path. This is what worked for me. How's it going? You know, really checking in. Um, and so it's this, it's this community that I can't describe. <laughs> Even the things that we thought we wanted, it's 10 times better. It's this, it's more than a community. It's a feeling you walk in this room and you can attest to this. It's women who want to be there. They're excited about it. We had, uh, one of our mentors, um, sent us a video the other day and it like, I, we we were both like bawling because it was like, this is what we wanted. She said, I was in this meeting with these, these other women. They were all talking bad about their women. They were gossiping. And she said, I felt so gross and out of place. And she goes, and it clicked. It was like, I, I, I am aware of this. And I, I, and I understand that I don't belong in this because I have this community of women who have my back and are supportive. And so when you have that, you realize how toxic the other kind of community is. And so she was like, I was just so thankful for Foundress because it's something that's so unique, so different every single woman in there wants you to succeed and are willing to help you succeed. And that I think is the the magic sauce of Foundress, if you can say that. Um, but it is and such what a unique... we always hoped it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I love that. And, and like Coley said, I can absolutely attest to what you've created. And, and I know we always like talk about like, if you're just starting a business and and having all these people, but there are a lot of very successful business owners that are part of the foundress, right? Because sometimes if you think like, 
all new all together like you're kind of back when you guys started junk in the trunk like you're just like throwing stuff at the wall being like please survive like oh I'm not trying not to take this personal but I am but there's those ones that have like already been there leaps and years ahead that can give you that sense of calmness and that is just so so valuable in creating that community and it's in person in person monthly so um I can't talk about that enough but Lindsay if you would share a little bit, because it's even evolving, right? It's what on its fourth or fifth year, you said, but we have the masterminds now. And then what you just launched founders, uh, founders university, um, share kind of a little bit of that evolution of founders, if you would, Lindsay. I feel like with founders right now, we're actually just kind of hitting our stride. <laughs> I mean, just how Chloe was talking about with junk in the trunk, I felt like it took us like three years to finally feel like we were like had a vision for where we were going. We were actually working towards something. And I feel like that's kind of where we're just getting with Foundress. And so it's all new and very fun to us as well, because we have big plans for Foundress. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think, again, uh, coming back to the pivoting, but also like, again, being open to what the members are needing in that group and being able to listen to the feedback that they're giving. Um, if I could give any advice, that would be my biggest advice is, again, take the emotion out of it, take the feedback that they're you know, giving you, and then being able to apply those things to your business. So I think for the first couple of years, people wanted more. They loved that community. I mean, the, they wanted more time. They wanted to be able to go deeper with people. They felt like they learned more when they were together and able to spend more time actually digging into their businesses. Um, so that's why we started the masterminds. I think a year, a year ago, we added the masterminds as um, a benefit for members which are one of our favorite days of the month um, and have been great. It's, you know, I think it's two on, you know, two on like 15 with our mentors and then members in the group, which is really fun because you get to know um, everyone on a deeper level. You get to feel like you're a part of their business um, and then also just like share and grow together in that accountability you have with each other. Um, and then, as you mentioned, we just launched Foundress University, which is another avenue um, for members to gather together. But really, our hope with the Foundress University is just to be able to go deeper into topics. Um, our big meetings every month are great and fun and super inspiring, but we also don't have the time to really like dig really deep into topics and to really like take away all that information that I feel like as business owners we need we always needed. So <laughs> again, we wanted to create, we know other people were also needing that. Um, so with, although again, during the pandemic, we actually launched Founders University and did one class before the pandemic. February 2020. I didn't realize that. Okay. We did one class and then the pandemic. Actually, I think hit. that was March. It was the first week of March. Yeah, it was, it was like, like, right. Are we allowed to get together? Yeah. I don't know. No one's saying anything. So we had like, 15 every girl, other like state was starting to shut down except for yeah. phoenix so, so we, we were like i think we're okay i don't know and the next day they like shut the world down yeah so, yeah so we I launched know. and then you know it 
the timing wasn't right. And we, you know, obviously everything took a break for a while with the pandemic, but um, now is the right time. So we relaunched that last week and have some really exciting um, speakers all planned out for this next year. And then hopefully next year, the plan is to have two classes a month. So just again, a wide variety of topics, but just the ability to be able to really get nitty and gritty and take away the, um, I don't know, the important things I feel like that you need as business owners besides the like inspirational, which is also important. But sometimes um, there's, you need a place to be able to go and just like learn how to do your taxes or learn how to better brand your business. Um, and so we created it. And even, I know it's, it seems like it's, um there's a couple words that are getting used a lot, right? Like value, empowered, and they kind of lose their value. And I feel like community is like teetering there because I feel like some people say they're creating community, but are they really? And so what I can say is based upon what you guys are are doing and the live events and the knowledge and problem solving that you're sharing, because that's what you needed, right? Sometimes some of the coolest things that we can create in business and for other people are because we had the problem and we were able to get through it. And we know other people do have that. So the Founders University, the masterminds, the monthly meetings, you, you, you always hear this, you are who you surround yourself with. And if you can find those few core people that will help support you as you are going to support them. I mean, that can be the difference between success and failure as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think um, I was just going to add, I know when we first started Foundress, I feel like we went to different networking groups. We went to conferences where, you know, we would go to a conference and we were on this like, hi, we learned so much information. We were in great community. And then we would go home and there was that like, Mm -hmm. low. You're like, okay, no, <laughs> now I'm at home by myself. And I will say we always had each other, which was help, super helpful, but also like we needed that community that we felt in that moment at the conference consistently every month. And so, I mean, that is truly why we started the Foundress because we felt that need for that consistency. Um, and that's where the foundress yeah. came from. But consistency is so important. In so many areas, right? Whether it's with your health, your business, your family, your mindset, your growth, like consistency is absolutely the key. So that's one thing I kind of want to talk to because you two are very unique in the sense that this is a thriving partnership. Okay. I say that because there was always something that I was told by my father growing up. Partnerships are made in hell. <laughs> Literally, that's what I grew up learning, okay? And I like was, I was very rebellious. So I was like, I'm, I don't believe you, right? But I have navigated that and it's kind of true sometimes. And so what I think you can really leave um, our listeners, I mean, obviously there's been so much value to this point, but you guys do have such a cool partnership. Um, and I know it's it's grown, Lindsay, with your husband being part of the team too. Coley, you're like, can't work with my husband. Like, I love it. <laughs> um, but I would love if you could share just how you have been able to work as a partnership and maybe some tips um, or some takeaways, some great learnings. And Coley, would you start us off with with just partnerships? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the biggest thing over everything is that you have to, you have to always think that the best of the other person. So you can't sit there and go, well, I wonder if she's working as hard as me. I wonder if, you know, like if you start going down that cycle and that's with marriage, that's with partnership, that's with friendships. Like you always have to think the best of the other person. And I think for the most part, we've done really well. It has not gone perfectly. Um, we've had our issues actually like <laughs> Lindsay's husband and I, there was a, a time where we, it, which is funny because I feel like for the most part, we actually agree on more things than even Lindsay and I, or Lindsay and Gavin in business, <laughs> which is funny, but then we're also, I think we're more similar. So we butt heads, um, we butted heads for a while. So I think a, just always having that mindset of like, I know that they're doing their best. Mm. The second I said, a, so B, <laughs> a, a, one, two, three. So B would be, um, also giving, giving space to air things out. So what, mm. after Kevin and I kind of had our scap and we were frustrated with each other, we set time on the calendar. So every Monday from nine to 10 was open. So it was like, we all sat down and it was like, okay, tell me your frustrations. And honestly, after the first three, we really didn't have any because usually what happens is one thing festers and festers and festers. And that's all you think about. And really, once you say it out loud and the other person goes, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize I did that. And then it's over. And again, most of the time it festered. It's more that it just, you felt that way and it festered as opposed to like, again, most of the time, if you're thinking the best of them, that was not their intention behind what they said or what they did. Um, But you took it that way. And so we would set aside this time and there was no agenda except for literally to be like, okay, hey, I didn't like how you did that this week. Yeah. Or I felt this way yeah. when you said that, which again, we literally said that <laughs> in that time. Like was that therapy I felt 101? this way when you texted me and just said, K. <laughs> but again, it's like in that instance, which I'll, we'll use it because it's simple and it wasn't a huge deal, yeah. but it was like, we realized like, so one of us was offended. I don't even remember who it was, but it was like, when you just say, K, hey, <laughs> when we're trying to text and solve problems, that's frustrating. And it's like, I'm so sorry. I was in the middle of wiping my child's butt and I needed to respond to you. You know, it was like, I wasn't because I was disrespecting you. It was like, I'm busy. So again, just having those open conversations and then you're like, great, no yeah. problem. I was going to say open communication. I feel like, and learning how to communicate with yeah. each other has been huge for us because again, you can take, especially through text and email these days, which I feel like is the majority of how like we communicate with each other. It's really easy to take something that you're reading in a totally different tone than they intended it mm-hmm. to be. And so then you immediately, again, have these emotions towards however that made you feel, right. which was probably totally not how they intended it. Right. So being able to have that open com- communication and not be afraid to be like, Hey, that made me feel this way, um, was super groundbreaking. Mm -hmm. I feel like for us and just opening up that time, like where it, it, where you didn't take offense to whatever the other person said, it was like, you heard them with an open mind, um, and just setting aside that time. Yeah. And I think the the most powerful phrase I ever was taught by my mentor, I don't, I don't still don't use it very well, but it's, it's a, it's a goal of mine is what did you mean by that? And I think a lot of times 
in that moment, in the text or in the, you know, we, it is business. So you do get passionate and that's why we're successful at business because we're passionate, but it also does cause friction sometimes. And so when someone says something, you're like, Hey, what do you, what did you mean by that? Or you can say it however you need to, but it kind of gives the other person a pause and go, Oh, I I'm sorry. I realized I was just passionate or frustrated with myself. A lot of times the frustration comes from our own insecurities. And so I feel like if you can build your own confidence and be confident in your value and your work ethic, a lot of times those questions don't even come up. So I was going to share the little tool that this is really silly, but the tool that we used to use all the time to help with that was we had a scale. And again, all three of us, including my husband, are super passionate people. (laughs) So (laughs) that's where we felt like we were always butting heads was because we even if we didn't care about something, we were passionate about like making sure our opinion was heard. And so we have the, we started having this scale where like a 10 is like, I am super passionate and I care. And this is how I want it to a zero being like, I actually really don't care about you make the decision. So every time we would make a big decision and as silly as it was, we would all be like, okay, well, what, what number your are scale, you? Yeah. What's your, what are you on the scale? Is the, is this like a make or break thing for you? Or do you actually really not care? You just wanted to like, we found that we always just wanted to actually be our heard. opinion to yeah. be heard. Yeah. And it did help because whoever, if someone's a 10 and someone's a two, you're like, okay, if you're a 10, like you make this decision because you care way more. You and win. it really did. Yeah. <laughs> and it really did almost get us to like take turns on things of like, okay, this is something you're really passionate about and you really care about this is something that you should take it. And honestly, it was like about a t-shirt design. Like usually it wasn't like groundbreaking thing, but it was like, we found ourselves getting like arguing over things that were like, wait, hold on. Do I actually even care about this? Or do I just want to be right in the scenario? You know? And I think the third biggest thing, finding each other's skills. So knowing, Mm. gosh, I'm really good at this. So I'm going to take this portion of the business. And Lindsay's really great at this other part of the business. So she's going to take this instead of trying to figure out going, if I try to do things that she does, I would get frustrated myself. She would get frustrated at me because it's not my natural talent. Um, Obviously in business, we all do things we don't want to do. Um, There's not like this perfect scenario, but we're getting better at hiring out. First of all, things that we all hate to do. We hire those. Those are our first hire. And then knowing our strengths and our weaknesses and helping each other fill those gaps. So there's things that Lindsay is really, really good at that I suck at. And that's okay. And then there's things I'm really, really good at that she sucks at. And that's okay. So just knowing those and being okay with admitting like, hey, this is not my best quality. So you can fill that gap because this is one of your best qualities. And then finding those things. And again, if there's something that you all suck at or you all hate doing, that's your first hire you know, finding, figuring out how to get those things off your plate, um, that sets you up for success too. So I think that those are the three things I would say, communication, thinking the other person is doing their best at all times, and then finding your strengths and weaknesses and working together on those. I love that. I love that. Thanks so much for sharing that, especially in such an organized fashion, Coley. So thank you. Um, a one, four. <laughs> we got it. I'm like a one I mean two right I, mean, I know college three, you know it's yeah. so great <laughs> but like I'm following math. and I know our listeners are too right? right like I know we're all following it we're with you totally hey, Lindsay do you do you have anything that you wanted to add to that I know you, you jumped in in the middle but just with partnerships and you know key strategies to be able to navigate them 
Yeah. I mean, again, as I mentioned earlier, I think just communication is just so important. I, I mean, we joke, but like we are literally communicating with each other all day long, um, through text or, um, through email and, um, just being open to having that conversation, um, and keeping each other on the same page. I, that's the only way we are able to function in any of our businesses. But also, I mean, we have three businesses like we've talked about. And so we are all in all of our businesses. So the only way for everything to function smoothly is for us to be able to communicate all the things that are happening. So, and I think trusting the other person too, it's like, if you're given that role to someone else, if I'm taking a certain role and she's taking a certain role, like trusting that that's getting done and then having checkpoints. So like we meet twice a week in person, face-to-face and we go, okay, what's going on with that? What's going on with that? How's that going? And then it's like, do you, what do you need help with? I mean, that's something we used to always ask. We haven't mm-hmm. as much now, but like when you're in the in the mode of it, you're just doing it. But I think being like, okay, do you need help with anything on your list? How can I help you? Yeah. And most of the time it's like, no, I got it. It's like, okay, great. And you're just kind of keeping each other on track that way is always really helpful. I don't know about our listeners, but I definitely picked up a lot from that. Um, but you know what was funny is hearing this is, you know, Chris and I are getting ready to celebrate 18 years of marriage this year, right? And we've been together now 22. Thank you. But it's almost like a little bit of marriage, right? Totally. You know, and, <laughs> and, and it's like setting expectations, communication. And I think this is like just a common human quality is we want to be heard. We want to be valued, right? Whether you act on what we share is not necessarily the point. Maybe sometimes it is when it's a 10, right? It's the fact that you're willing to hear. And that's what I think you guys have not only created in your business, but it's trickling down to everything that you're doing. I think our listeners can see the consistency, right? From junk in the trunk, being able to listen to your customers and whether it's a vendor or just a customer, being able to implement then like you showed the value of listening to them that creates a great partnership with customers and continued vendors yeah. right then the vintage being able to pivot during opening during covid and creating this space now that you guys are like it's the coolest space and being able to listen to customers and what they wanted and it really created out of they wanted somewhere to go in the middle between the all the um junk in the trunks so so important there and founders like listening to each other and valuing opinions. So I absolutely love that. Go ahead. I have one more thing to say on partnership. I think sometimes kind of more about like when you're focusing on something or always think the best of the other person, like, have you ever thought about like a yellow car and then all you see are yellow cars? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when you're driving down the road, you're like, I've never noticed yellow cars before, but now all I can see is yellow cars. And I think it's such a mind trick. Cause like, if you're focusing on the positive, all you're going to see is positives. And I think that's in marriage and partnerships and friendships. Again, it, it's all relationships. Um, if you're focusing on the negative, all you're going to see is the negative. And that's with ourselves too. I think so many times we can be so kind to others. And then we get in by ourselves and we're locking the door and we're working on whatever we need to work on. And you're like, I suck. I'm not good at this. Whatever those lies are that go in your head, you're focusing on your, your negative qualities, your partner's negative qualities that's all you're going to see. So like that mindset shift is so important in partnerships, but also when you're working for yourself and a solopreneur, like you have to have that positive mindset for yourself, for your partner, for your husband, for your wife, whoever, 
um, that is going to set you up for success too. And I just want to drive that point home because I feel like we're, we are the meanest to ourselves, right? And Mm -hmm. in entrepreneurship, it's hard. You're going to battle every single day, um, in different aspects of your business. But if you can focus on the positives, like that is where you move forward in your success wise. I really believe that. Like cheers. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm like, you're yes, I could completely agree. And and the mindset is a big thing, whether it is in any area, like you said, you know, me with like talking a lot about health and then tying it to business, right? It's the same thing. And that all goes from your conscious mind into your subconscious mind. Because when those doors are shut, if we are telling ourselves all that negativity, that is what we're gonna find. Right. Yeah. So I absolutely love that. Now Lindsay, Coley, thank you so much for your time and literally so much wisdom. So I hope everyone has stayed through to the end. You're going to go back and listen to this one, especially the partnership at the end, but just the entrepreneurship journey. I absolutely love that. How can everybody find you guys? What is the best way to get in touch with you? I will link everything in the show notes, but what's the best way for everyone to get in touch with you both? So our social media following or tags are just junk in the trunk, vintage market. Don't leave the vintage market off because <laughs> you will find some interesting things. It's <laughs> junk in the trunk. Um, Foundress <laughs> is the found.res, R-E-S-S. And the vintage is the vintagearcadia.com. We are, or the vintagearcadia, sorry, no.com for social. And yeah, you can just reach out to us on social. If you have any questions on any of our businesses, you can DM us. Um, we check our DMs, you know, because we do everything. So (laughs) and we'd love for any of you to be a guest with us at the Foundress. We'd love to come check out a meeting or um, to see what the community is all about. We would love Mm -hmm. to have you. Yes, absolutely. So you can come and try your first meeting for free with us. So again, shoot us a DM if you want to join us or Shelly can bring you also. And um, we would love to have you come check out this community. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And, you know, again, thank you so much for your time and just your continued being you, right? Like the things that you guys are doing are truly changing lives. And I feel so fortunate to have you today. So thank you again. And um, just so everybody knows, we are dropping these episodes twice a week here on the Business Being Healthy show. So you get a solo show for me once a week and then expert guests like we had with Polly and Lindsay today. And I cannot wait to see you on the next show and good day. Thank you.